0: Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And you guys are still listening to the spooky hour. We
1: appreciate it. Yeah, we do. That was really nice. What a way to start the episode. Thanks. I'm going to sing and ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hello,
0: friends. Hey, friends. Happy I Monday. have.
1: Oh, yeah, it's Monday. Ew.
0: Yeah, it's not happy, but it's Monday, so hello. <laughs>
1: Um, I have nothing to bitch about for once this week. I'm just tired. That's Doug it. Ford's still an idiot, so... Doug Doug Ford's still an idiot. We can bitch about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm actually... Uh, I'm having the opposite thing that happened last year, so where you and I were like, guys, we're so sorry about Trump. I've had like three or four people message me now being like, wow, I'm so sorry that your government's such a mess. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, we appreciate how it. the tables have turned. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, shit's just rough here. That's it. Yeah
0: my parents right are getting their vaccine and <gasps> Woo! so and it's my mom we don't fall it's... my postal code doesn't fall under the the eligibility part yet so i can't get mine unfortunately but yeah hopefully soon
1: i same thing i think i have to wait till it's open up to like general population or whatever the hell yeah. um my mom got it haha <laughs> she's gonna kill me good thing she doesn't listen she's she got it because she's 65 plus <laughs> <laughs> Uh so she has she's going on sunday i'm super excited um because she's an idiot and refuses to stay in the house yeah. <laughs> but at least so it makes it. me feel a little better
0: <laughs> yeah my parent my dad is the 60 but my mom has so many health issues so she's considered high risk so
1: good i'm off. glad i'm glad they did that yeah um i don't know when i'm going i would like to go soon uh from what i've heard i mean uh, do we have to put like a warning here i'm not a doctor consult your doctor whatever yeah Uh, most people are just like super tired when they get it like uh my my boyfriend got it last week and he came home or i came home rather at about one we had lunch and he fell asleep like eight times between lunch and actual bedtime
0: which is like a normal vaccine reaction you're just eating your arm hurts
1: Yeah, that was pretty much it. Like, every every time he woke up, he talked to me for, like, 10 minutes, and then he fell back asleep, and I'm like, all right. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) My sister's fully vaccinated, so. Oh, is she now? Yay. Yeah. So. Hashtag nurse. Hashtag yeah that i don't know where i was going with that yeah <laughs> she she messaged me this morning and she's like i've been up for 25 hours straight and i was like how the fuck do you do this like yeah. i could never live her life
0: i was talking to her i was on the phone with her today because i text her and i didn't like it didn't click that she was up for 25 hours and she like texts me back and then she called me and she's like i'm just gonna call you because i'm too tired to text i'm like why aren't you sleeping she's, like, so she's silly. still going ham
1: she's a savage she's amazing i wish i had that work ethic but i don't I don't. I very much just do my 8 to 4 and go home. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so... I hit my limit at 4 o'clock and that's... I mean, okay, so sometimes when I'm feeling nice, I'll help out and I'll stay a little bit late. But, like, I definitely come in late the next day.
0: (laughs) I was watching a video and this girl was like, I wasn't born to be a breadwinner. And I was like, that's, like, my life Fucking same. same.
1: (laughs) All the time. I... uh, This is so actually no fuck it it is feminism because feminism is about doing whatever the fuck you want i was born to be a housewife okay i want to birth babies and clean my house all day that's all i want to do
0: <laughs> i just want to live i don't even want to do that i just want to live in a forest like someone pay me
1: to live in a forest thank you <laughs> you're so funny i love fucking I, well i think I, I grew up with like a stay-at-home mom so maybe that's why but like my mom was always cooking for us cleaning just yeah. like you know making halloween costumes for us and shit i want to live shit? that life <laughs> (laughs) yeah i can't do that this one where i gotta wake up at 6 a.m every day and like talk to people and do things like that's not fun no emails are the worst thing to ever exist that being said the forest thing sounds pretty cool too i'd be happy with anything that's not work to be honest we're just gonna win the lottery (laughs) someday so i have a two dollar winner in my purse that i haven't cashed in yet so like that could purchase the one that wins the big one
0: stewart has this really fucking annoying habit (laughs) Of purchasing a lottery ticket and then like getting a free ticket out of it and we'll put it on the fridge and And then you'll go and we have like seven of them right now on the fridge of free tickets or a $2 winner. And he doesn't take them because yeah. he keeps buying lottery
1: tickets. So. We, c- Carl does the same thing. I don't know if it's a dude thing or just these two assholes, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> Carl, Carl does this. We love our significant others. Okay. We do, um, but they're assholes. They are. Um, he does the same thing and he has a pile of them like on our, our dresser. And I think it was before Christmas. I was like, look, we're fucking taking these in. Like, we don't know how much money we have there because there was like scratch tickets and stuff. All in all, I think we walked away with like 60, 70 bucks just yeah. sitting on the dresser
0: why are men like
1: this like why i'm sorry that's a nice like dinner one night like-, <laughs> yeah. like what why i was so annoyed i get like a two dollar winner and i'm like immediately going to the store to get my toonie like- <laughs> yeah like <laughs> this is my money and i deserve it <laughs> That's a cup i don't of know coffee. man <laughs> they're they're silly that's we all love i know them, but we also but, hate them <laughs> yeah i feel like that's you know a normal relationship no Maybe? yeah i don't know I'm just We're like okay yeah I'm so close with Stuart that like I feel like
0: it's I'm like bullying my best friend at this point that's all it is. no literally yeah like...
1: um yeah I guess we'll get into like murder now maybe, yeah possibly yeah good. yeah that sounds good um so um I accidentally did a cult two weeks in a row um oh, here for it though <laughs> but in all fairness so this is a different uh kind of cult and it's uh it shows a different dynamic so this is an actual family that like evolved into a cult like i wouldn't even call them a cult i would just say it's like a really messy family situation okay that but- sounds disturbing so um i was googling for something to cover this weekend. and i sent to snapchat i'm like so how i do oh my, my God, research Edward is that what a snapchat <laughs> is actually yeah my whole episode today is about twilight yeah um i'm here hey for if anyone's playing our drinking game oh, twilight shit. twilight yeah. twilight oh. <laughs> take a drink bitch <laughs> um so i i do this thing when i research where i'm like i'll google like true crime twist true crime shocking just to get stuff that like isn't zodiac you know what i mean Because yeah. if you just type true crime that's all you see is like the big ones um so i was doing that and uh, I saw the words Vampire Murder Cult and I was like, holy shit, I found it. This is the one. Um, so today I'm covering the absolutely unbelievable case of Marcus Wesson. Um, this is a bit of a popular case. Uh, I knew about it, but I didn't really read into it. And now that I read into it, holy shit. Nightmares? Um, is it going to be nightmares? It's, it's, um, there's no graphic warnings, but it's like not nice. Okay. <laughs> So, like, take that nightmares. as you will. Actually, there there might be one at the end. I can't remember. Let's just get into it. um So, Marcus Wesson was born on August twenty second, nineteen forty six, in Kansas candace in kansas in candace. <laughs> poor candace. in kansas to benjamin and carrie wesson uh tale as old as, as time benjamin was reportedly a violent and abusive alcoholic while carrie was a strict and overly religious woman uh, just like last week's cult leader this family was also into the seventh day advent adventist church adventist church um, i don't know much about religion but if someone could tell me why culty people love this church so much that would be great what is it um, called seven days Day. seventh day adventist oh. church i've heard of it but i don't really know what the difference is between like i don't even know the difference between like christian and catholic are. so and there's like, <laughs>
0: roman catholic it's all just it's so confusing yeah
1: um, so it's alleged that his father had molested him as his siblings. Uh, but if you fast forward to the trial, that's going to happen at the end of this. Marcus's sister didn't fully confirm the accusations, but said that when their father was drinking, he would hug and kiss them, and this is affection that he would never show them while sober. Uh, she claimed that the children knew to hide until their father was sober to uh, to avoid any unwanted interaction. Uh, another, yeah, so she never confirmed sexual abuse, but it's heavily alleged um another witness in the trial uh, who was a childhood friend of marcus testified that benjamin had once offered to pay him fifty dollars in exchange for oral sex um again these that's another allegation and charges were never laid but it seems that he has a, a, a tendency for younger people children um Sometime during Marcus's childhood, Benjamin, his dad, had run off with a male cousin, like run off to the sunset, happily ever after, with his cousin. Um, Oh, okay. (laughs) uh, Yeah, so he returned eventually after like a little summer fling with his cousin, and uh, everyone just sort of brushed it under the rug, like no one really talked about it. He resumed his yeah he moved right back in and resumed parenting and husbanding and all of that stuff as if nothing ever happened um, he fucked
0: his cousin like why is no one even saying you
1: no know, no one said anything so um i want you guys to make note of this because a child watching this so marcus um who also allegedly suffered sexual abuse could think that an incestuous relationship is fine uh this child could also think that abuse would be normal fatherly behavior especially if no one put a stop to the alleged abuse yeah. so a lot of the theme and i repeat this a lot during this episode is that the kids really thought that abuse was a normal family thing like they thought everyone grew up like that because they only knew their family yeah so that's something i want everybody to remember and well, I when you say grow
0: it, when you grow up in that environment you think it's normal right so yeah
1: um so i mentioned this a lot and we're gonna get into it a little bit at the end with other family members but get ready man so um, at some point in his early years marcus became obsessed with religion no surprise given his mother was a devout follower however marcus began twisting the bible into a new religion which was one that he made up himself in marcus's religion jesus christ was a vampire because of course um, I yeah um so this would then progress into marcus himself being jesus but then he was god and then eventually he's a vampire god and then so, he's edward <laughs> literally <laughs> you guys are drunk already if you're playing the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so he even began rewriting verses in the bible to fit his new story and would often like write himself into the bible so he made like his own bible and everything um he went through grade school and eventually high school believing he was this vampire jesus god thing uh but unfortunately this was not great for his social life he was bullied and couldn't be bothered to participate in any school work um teachers described him as being withdrawn like he he couldn't give less of a shit about being there um he could didn't care about the failing grades they like threatened him being like you can't get into college and he's like eh and I didn't literally (laughs) is it bad that i was thinking that i was thinking of you and i when we were writing this okay this is really bad the only reason i graduated high school is because my dad was in a coma (laughs) i'm not even kidding gotta use your
0: family as a crutch at some point
1: i got a 51 in every class
0: that's amazing i'm like i'm jealous
1: i envy (laughs) that they just felt bad for me i didn't do a single thing in grade 12 um anyways um i mean i don't blame you so yeah, fuck it. High school stupid. It, it, that's for another day. Yeah,
0: that's another rant. <laughs> uh
1: As a result, he never received his high school diploma. But I guess the school didn't want to deal with him coming back, so they let him like participate in the grad ceremony, but he didn't actually graduate. So they like kicked him out without kicking him out, kind of thing. Okay. Um. So Marcus from there joined the army and was quickly discharged in 1968. Um. I couldn't find why he was discharged. Uh, I'm gonna assume it's just him being a dick just judging (laughs) by his personality um upon his return home he started dating a married woman named rosemary mayo torina i fucking forgot to look that up you guys are drinking again um she was 15 years older than him and had several children of her own um so not long after the pair met they welcomed their own son named adair uh marcus fit into the father role very well uh even with his stepchildren that he now had like he was just a good dad overall to all of them however something changed and it progressed into something very very sinister um marcus seemed to take a frightening interest in rosemary's eight-year-old daughter elizabeth uh it didn't take long for his interest to manifest into physical abuse being a religious man and all marcus thought it was best for elizabeth to wait until they were married to quote make their love official um so wait, at eight elizabeth years old is the eight-year-old oh yeah okay so um in order to make their love official he pulled her out of school one day and held a fake wedding ceremony in their home they're gonna beat him up what the fuck (laughs) he's still alive okay Um, perfect (laughs) their quote marriage ended up spanning over three decades and they did eventually make it legal in an official ceremony um but obviously after she turned 18 um so the the family didn't go their separate ways after this marcus and his child bride lived on one floor of the house while elizabeth's mother rosemary who was marcus's ex-girlfriend and the mother of his son lived on a separate level are you what guys the fuck are you, are you following <laughs> like so this was obviously not a very healthy living situation and after a few years marcus decided it was finally time for him and elizabeth to move on a few years a few years, a few years. Oh uh God. so rosemary decided to draw a line here and said if marcus wanted to use her van to move out with her child daughter uh he could never see their son again and so he never saw his eldest son again he just abandoned him to live on with his stepdaughter wife
0: okay. um like, kinda so th- like what his dad did with his cousin
1: yeah Yeah. kind of kind of to an extent i actually didn't even piece that together that's actually yeah that's actually a good point um so elizabeth and marcus went on to have 10 children together holy shit although one son passed away as an infant due to meningitis um on top of this elizabeth insisted that they take in several of her nieces and nephews because her sister was battling drug addiction and was unable to care for them at the time um the children were like really excited to move into the wesson home they thought they would finally be safe there because apparently there was a lot of bad people in their home who would like beat them and stuff um so they were like yay safety uh no uh marcus ended up extending his abusive tendencies towards his nieces and nephews too uh in time he would end up quote marrying three of his nieces named ruby rose and sophina he also married two of his biological daughters he had children with all five victims what the fuck so he's got five wives all of which he is okay that's not entirely true two of which he's blood related to the other three are technically married in nieces but that doesn't make it's, it any better yeah it's so <laughs> it's yeah so Um, so just like he did with Elizabeth, he began pulling the children out of school under the guise of homeschooling. Uh, instead he would preach his vampire Jesus God story to the children every day for hours at a time. The children tried to homeschool themselves with the older girls acting as the teachers. Um, however, they had very little education themselves. So the most they could do was sort of lead like coloring groups and like art sessions and stuff. Yeah. But they, you could tell that they wanted to have some sort of normalcy. Like, yeah. they were trying to have an actual school. Um, so, Marcus taught his family one very important rule that they all must follow. Everyone is to be silent and obey only the head of the household, which obviously was Marcus. Um The girls were sexually abused, but taught to remain silent as this was, quote, just training for their future husbands. Um, When the boys hit puberty, they were given the opposite treatment. They were locked away and kept separate from the females in the home to prevent them from touching Marcus's property. So Marcus's thought was, if I'm touching my daughters and my nieces, they're going to touch my daughters and my nieces. So I'm going to lock them in a room so they can't do that. He's so he fucked. What the it's, hell? It's very, very fucked. He's he's the first one where I can't pinpoint what how exactly his brain is wired because it's just it spirals man it's not Um, It's like
0: unplugged in every angle and he's just fucked
1: yeah so i mean obviously his his upbringing has something to do with it but like this is this is beyond like it's fucked um so again they were taught that abuse was love and that to be denied abuse or the ability to abuse was punishment so that's very hard to learn as a child that I want someone to hurt me. And when they don't hurt me, I've done something bad. Yeah. Like, so these children were, were very, very damaged. And we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Um, so the growing family lived off of welfare and food stamps. As Marcus believed the head of the house shouldn't have to work, but then neither should the children and the women so how are you um this is an uh an ideology that he got from his dad his dad also didn't work um they just believe that the head of the household shouldn't have to uh so fucking nothing makes sense here (laughs) oh my god it's all so fucked Uh, they moved around a lot and had a bunch of unusual homes including a shack with no running water several boats that were like not houseboats they were just boats boats that he bought that were like borderline sinking um Seems and safe. sometimes, sometimes they even just lived in like tents in the woods. They they had it rough for a very long time. Uh, in 1994, uh, a decade prior to the 2004 murders, which I am getting to, Marcus gathered the family around the television one night to watch the shitstorm that went down in Waco, Texas. Um, he basically sat the family down and said, "Get ready for this to come our way." For those who don't know, Waco, Texas, was that big cult that I never remember the name of. People died. Til- I think children died. Yeah. Um so they were watching that unfold on the news and he was like this is what's going to happen to us um and in the years leading up to oh sorry i said that wrong um in the years leading up to this family meeting marcus was in trouble with the law mostly for things like not paying proper taxes on his boats and stuff uh he started growing paranoid that someone would discover his family which at this point had over 15 children all of whom were products of incest with either his nieces or his daughters um he was ready to go down in a blaze of glory to quote protect his family marcus created a murder suicide pact with his family and trained them how to follow it in the event that they were discovered by the fbi um it's fucked. (laughs) so i wanted to give you a full background on marcus and his family before getting into the crime itself um so i did put a discretion warning here just because it involves children but it's not graphic by any means um i am leaving out a bunch of details about the history because it's fucking it can go on forever but to sum up between 1994 and 2004 it was a fucking mess um the children suffered more as his delusions and paranoia grew uh some of the older daughters started to run away and extended family members started speaking out about what was going on but it was sort of just like hearsay in the community yeah um marcus had announced to these family members that he was taking his family and moving to washington state so they were currently in fresno california at this point uh but family members could not let that happen um on march 12 2004 they formed a group and marked uh, marked and marched down to marcus's house themselves to demand the release of as many children as they could get so a lot of these people were women who were uh originally in the home as nieces or daughters who had given birth in the home and then left but couldn't take their children with them so they came back when he said he was moving to try to get their kids back okay um so fresno fresno police were summoned to what was initially described as a child custody slash domestic type situation but they ended up in a standoff with marcus um somehow during the standoff marcus was allowed back into his house with a weapon um makes sense (laughs) yeah so police believed that he was being cooperative and allowed him in because dumb i don't know apparently he (laughs) (laughs) apparently he was being very polite and stuff which like i wouldn't take that as trustworthy yeah like, <laughs> no that's <sketchy> as fuck. <laughs> so uh the fresno police would later testify that they did not hear gunshots being fired but witnesses present at the scene testified they did hear gunshots fired as soon as he entered the home when the dust had finally sent center oh my god i can't talk when the dust had finally settled police entered the home to find a literal pile of bodies in a room Uh, They said the bodies were, quote, tangled with piles of laundry, and it actually took several hours to get a total body count because of how they were just thrown on top of each other. Oh, my
0: God. Okay.
1: Um... All in all, nine bodies were discovered, along with ten caskets that were found in another room. The victims were identified as Marcus's children and his various wives. Uh, I just wanted to list, like, the names and the ages here. So, Sedona was one years old. One years. Sedona was one year old. Jeva was also one. Marshi was one. Ethan was four. Jonathan was seven. Aviv was seven. Illabel was eight elizabeth was 17 this is not the wife this is a different one and uh S- sabrina was 25 so she was one of the wives and i believe elizabeth was like a, a daughter wife type thing as well okay. um as the victims were identified police started to realize that marcus was actually the biological father to all of the children involved even those uh, originally believed to be his grandchildren or nieces and nephews uh they slowly started to realize one by one that they were all products of incest i guess i don't know if it was like dna or just tracing the family tree or whatnot but um extended family members remained at the scene and cooperated with police describing the family that marcus had built it didn't take long for investigators to realize they were dealing with a cult-like situation um so it's a cult in that he controlled them forced his ideologies on them you know confine them to a home what have you like it was very cult-like but it wasn't the same as like someone preaching to strangers and trying to gather strangers yeah. so like these people that's, were
0: born into this yeah choice.
1: yeah so that's why i decided to still do it because i thought that it, it showed an interesting uh parallel from last week like it's yeah. there's different different types of cults kind of thing it's like a very broad term yeah i i personally wouldn't even call this a cult like i just i just think it's a very fucked up family situation yeah so several women who had left their children with marcus either to escape or you know thinking it was a safe place uh they actually had to be taken away by ambulance as the events unfolded in front of them because they suffered like extreme shock and stuff yeah so essentially these women just watched their children slash nieces slash whoever get murdered um So over the next few days, uh, crowds began to descend on the crime scene. Some were curious onlookers. Some were members of the family who were coming to pay their respects. Uh, uh, Neighbors also came out to to see what was going on too and a lot of neighbors spoke to the press about the the weird family that lived inside the house. Um they said as weird as they th- uh, seemed from the outside this horrific event was still completely unexpected. So neighbors described seeing several women going in and out of the home always wearing long black skirts. Uh they would stare at the ground and not make eye contact with anyone. They never greeted their neighbors. They never said hello or anything. They said they rarely saw the children, but when they did, they were often helping Marcus work on a school bus that was parked on the property uh neighbors described watching marcus abuse the children if they weren't working hard enough um so the rumor here is that the bus was being souped up for the family to like live or travel in or something because uh witnesses reported seeing a hot tub being put inside which is pretty impressive for a guy who doesn't work um marcus was brought in on murder charges and you would think that it was like a pretty open and closed case but the trial was incredibly dramatic um several survivors took the stand and some were still so brainwashed that they defended marcus oh, wow. uh yeah press in the courthouse recalled seeing several young women and girls crying during the proceedings but only because it wasn't going well for marcus yeah like they were like oh no he cannot go to jail kind of thing um, that's how so, bad
0: manipulation can be right yeah so
1: yeah and like i said this is the only life they've ever known like that's their dad you know yeah um some victims would read diary entries for the court which painted a heartbreaking picture um again i keep repeating this so they really believe they were in a normal functioning family so they wrote how how loved they felt and how happy they were while also describing horrific abuse at the hands of their jesus vampire god uncle dad grandpa so they'd say things like i don't want to i don't have any direct quotes this is just an example so you get the idea of how it sounded so they'd be like dad came and came into the bed with me and did xyz to me what a great day you know that's not a great day no but to them that's all they knew um that was the only love they'd ever known was this abuse um So Marcus's lawyers were public defenders named Peter Jones and Ralph Torres, and they came up with a very interesting defense. So this is where the case kind of gets a little bit messy. I will say it does have a good ending. We do get justice, but it's very, very blurry here. Um, Marcus and his lawyers claim that the oldest victim, 25-year-old Sabrina, um, whose 18-month-old son was Marshy, um, (laughs) who is Marcus's son and grandson, was also killed. So he, uh, both the mother and the baby were victims. Um, so they say that the mother was the one who committed the murders. Marcus claimed that she shot the children before turning the gun on herself. And to back the story up, the 22 caliber handgun used in the killing was found close to her body with her DNA on the gun. So Interesting. evidence did point towards her possibly being the one to do it and this did cause some confusion amongst the jury because there was no actual evidence that marcus was the one who shot the gun yeah. the only dna was hers um and it, it just it kind of got a little bit scary no one knew where it was going to go at this point uh the prosecution relied heavily on the accounts of brainwashing and the abuse that took place within the family they were firm that marcus was the one who pulled the trigger but begged the jury to consider that even if so- sabrena was the one to do it marcus was still to blame he traded his family on the suicide pack which we spoke about earlier and the prosecution insisted that Sabrina was not in the right mind to be criminally responsible they were basically trying to charles manson him here so yeah sure he may not have have done the actual killing but he is the reason the deaths happened kind he of thing also did like unspeakable things and like, oh absolutely yeah yeah oh he was t- going to jail for that it was okay, just the <laughs> the murder part they were like eh, we don't know. Yeah. about okay. so they yeah i, I kind of like that they took the sort of charles manson approach because you know hypothetically she Sabrina did do it i, I don't she there's no way she's criminally responsible there's no way yeah um So in the end, the jury did convict him of murder, despite being unable to prove that he had shot the actual gun. Uh, Marcus Wesson was convicted of nine counts of first degree murder on June 17th, 2005, and also found guilty on 14 counts of forcible sexual assault and the sexual molestation of seven of his daughters and nieces. He was sentenced to death on June 27th, 2005. For the most part, people were stoked understandably um this was actually one of the most brutal mass killings fresno had ever seen it was to the point where like uh i think it was the mayor ended up on like abc news or like good morning america or one of those to be like Fresno's a good place we promise like trying to get people to come, come back. back yeah, <laughs> yeah. um Oh, uh, so the community was very happy to see like the vampire god behind bars. Uh, The only people who seemed to be disappointed were a very small number of survivors who were distraught when the jury gave their verdict. Uh, So in their eyes, their family had been permanently torn apart many of the victims had to go through intense therapy and actually had to be separated from each other in order to like realize the way they were raised was in fact horrific abuse um in in 2010 his first wife elizabeth who again was eight when they got married and five surviving victims sat down with abc news to explain their story um Elizabeth said that the family truly believed that he was this vampire god thing, and that this was how their family needed to function. Uh, They thought nothing strange or wrong was going on within their home, because like I keep saying, it was all they'd ever known. Yeah. Um, While the the family had done plenty of healing to get to that point where they could give an interview, I'm sure the scars will last for the rest of their lives. Um, I wish i could go on about the abc interview because it was fascinating like some of the sons are in it and share their experiences and stuff uh, i highly recommend you read it if you just google marcus wesson uh elizabeth abc or something like that it should pop up i highly recommend reading it because it's a very interesting interesting yeah uh it's i've never seen victims of a cult speak like that kind of thing yeah um but well,
0: yeah I'm it's fascinating. friday <laughs> it's fine no it's night
1: yeah it's it's really it's fascinating it's it's just sad because they uh one of the sons just straight up says like that's my dad you know what i mean yeah. like what am i that's all i've known that's my dad yeah um so yeah i highly recommend reading it uh it's like on one of end. those situations where like
0: you can go to as much therapy as you want and it could help but it's only going to help to an extent yeah
1: unfortunately because
0: yeah. it's always going to be there that's not something you can just flick a light on and it's fixed. yeah
1: and it affects so many aspects of your life like yeah. they don't know love essentially like yeah to, f- in order for them to go on and possibly have relationships and possibly have children like that that could bring up old trauma and stuff like that like nothing about their lives is probably gonna be normal ever again yeah not to be a debbie downer but um yeah it's it's a really interesting read that that interview that's so but,
0: yeah. fucked up
1: yeah so, I, I just wanted to show you uh, the different types of cults, I guess. I'm sure there are more out there, and I'm sure I'll get to them eventually. But it's that just, was Marcus Wesson, the, the vampire god king. It's just...
0: <laughs>
1: it's baffling
0: that he got away with that for so long.
1: Yeah. Because no one really knew, he knew. right? Um, he was very good. Like, whenever he would pull children out of school, he... He would go to like the principal or the board or whoever and like present, like, oh, I'm gonna homeschool them. So, like, no one really knew what was going on. Yeah. Uh, the neighbors thought it was weird that everyone were like dressed in all black and like wouldn't talk to anybody, but they just thought, oh, like weird religious people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it's amazing. You never really know what's going on next door. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, that makes me scared
0: of my neighbors.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have lovely neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like my neighbors um crazy case man that's so fucked up
0: like i i literally have no words when you talk about i mean there's a lot i don't ever have words because i'm always so
1: fucking shocked at the shit you said tell me i think danielle has not nice words and she's censoring herself i don't want you guys to drink too much so. <laughs> um actually more than one person said something about like uh i'm glad she said every three swears or something like that because yeah. like no one would live and i'm like wow we're fucking truckers <laughs> we just want to personally thank katie i the amount of time that she must have put into that is right? like <laughs> i can't believe that someone sat there and was like let's list all of the dumb things danielle and holly do yeah. but no it was really really cool it made our day i yeah. felt special and we
0: appreciate you so much thank you i, died. Yeah.
1: I literally died i thought it was so funny i'm not kidding within seconds we were like telling all of our parents and like our sisters everything like, look what look what someone did yeah. like like the best moment of our whole
0: entire podcast life
1: yeah i feel like i feel like famous now you know like we made it we have a drinking
0: game (laughs) yeah that's it we don't even have to continue anymore guys it's just
1: that's it we're ending the spooky hour now we've reached our peak (laughs) (laughs) and now Uh, that's
0: it but um that's it time to get spooky some spookiness spooky spooky um so today i'm gonna talk about the mary celeste which is Is a ship. yeah Yeah. it's like a ghost ship but it's really fucked um (laughs) so i'm gonna call it the mary because i'm not saying celeste every single time fight me um (laughs) so the mary is a ship and that set sail on november 7th 1872 from new york harbor to uh italy the ship was carrying um denatured like alcohol uh so it's like not you can't like consume that alcohol it's like industrial alcohol Um, i have some actually do you actually
1: why um so they were selling it in walmart as as hand sanitizer stop it for 50 cents a bottle and i showed it to carl as a joke and he's like shit give me the bottle and he was reading it. he's like we can use this as bomb cleaner so um we bought a fucked ton of it
0: you guys are ridiculous because
1: bomb cleaner is like 15.99 a bottle and that was 50 cents a bottle so we have like eight bottles of it. you too oh my god i mean smart but like what the
0: fuck <laughs> it was just one of those things it was like jesus christ carl stop being a scientist <laughs> um so there again the ship was carrying that that alcohol there was about yeah. seven to eight crewmen um along with benjamin s briggs who was the captain benjamin's wife sarah and their two-year-old daughter sophie also accompanied benjamin on this journey uh, a month later on december 5th 1872 a british ship named de Grata. Um, was passing by and saw the mary at like full sail adrift 400 miles east of azores Um, the ship looked abandoned so the captain yeah so the captain of the day grata david morehouse was confused because he knew that this ship had left eight days prior to when they actually left um, and should have already arrived at its destination so they ended up just changing their course to go help the ship when they got on board nothing seemed to be really weird all the crew's belongings were still there the ship's charts were like tossed about a bit um there was three and a half feet of water in the bottom of the ship however the alcohol there was like something like one thousand seven hundred and one barrels of alcohol they were all still there and still intact um the six month of food and water supply was still there so it wasn't even touched the only thing that was that was a bit off was the ship's only lifeboat was missing hmm. and the crew and the and his and the captain and his family were nowhere to be found completely only one lifeboat gone only one lifeboat gone well, it was the only lifeboat but that lifeboat was gone so all their longings everything was still there and but no Just one no was people there. no one is
1: aliens there ocean aliens it could be <laughs> we're discovering a new species ocean aliens man i'm convinced that the aliens are actually in the ocean have you ever seen the creatures that come from like the deep deep sea yeah and also we're looking in the wrong spot
0: yeah we are i think we've you've said that before in an episode probably because
1: i'm very passionate yeah. about it <laughs>
0: Um, so, Captain David Morehouse decided to have part of his crew sail the ship 800 miles to Gibraltar, where the British vice would hold, like, a salvage hearing, which is, like, a hearing determining if the people who salvaged this, like, abandoned ship were entitled to payment of the cargo. So, to see if they would get the money for Wait, that. Wait, not alcohol. to find
1: the missing people? <laughs> no.
0: That's all they want. Okay. Like, fuck the people. Casual. But, like, they just left, so fuck it. Um, so, the Attorney General at the time, like, suspected something weird and was, like, thinking, like what we're all fucking thinking right now like where the fuck did 10 to 11 people just go like, yeah um they just vanished into thin air after a ship still intact but and like missing one lifeboat like where the fuck would, are they, they? would they
1: all fit in the lifeboat did you does it say that
0: uh, i didn't say that and i didn't look into it i'm trying to think question. of like
1: the titanic movie how many people were in each lifeboat
0: <laughs> well if you're rich there was like three yeah so true. bad depends. example yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and so he was like rightfully so very suspicious and decided to investigate further after about three months they didn't really find any evidence of foul play because they have no evidence um so the degrada crew received payment for the cargo but only one sixth of the full amount so the full amount was like forty six thousand dollars of whatever like back then it was and whatever one sixth of that is i don't know because math is hard what is math what is math we failed i've already said i failed math twice and i don't know why i'm in finance but here we are I, that's the funniest mm. fucking thing to me like <laughs> i mean i don't do math in my finance. my work either but like i'm technically in finance so
1: i'm starting to get into numbers in my job and like i just openly let everybody know that it's gonna be a hard time for yeah.
0: me <laughs> that's what Excel's here for Excel so yeah man work. <laughs> um so now before I get into like some theories on like the sudden disappearance of this crew and like the captain's family, I just want to get into some background of the history of this, the Mary um, Celeste, because the ship has seen some shit. So the Mary Celeste was actually built in Spencer's Island in Nova Scotia. It was originally called the Amazon under the British registration in 1861. Her first captain was Robert MacLenn. Um, and on, like, the first voyage in June of 1861, um, they were headed to Five Islands, which is also in Nova Scotia, but they were, like, heading there to pick up some timber to take to London. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they got to Five Islands during the loading process, Robert, the captain, actually fell ill. So instead of going to London, they decided to go back to Spencer's Island, but Robert ended up dying on oh, June shit. 9th. Yeah so their first voyage and someone already fucking died on the ship so they're yeah, all literally, literally. <laughs> um so john nutting parker because what a fucking name nutting nutting parker <laughs> you just see all his face right
1: <laughs> come on i'm not even gonna make a joke it just wrote itself <laughs> yeah. i
0: just i don't even have to say anything just the name <laughs> ended up taking over captain duties and resumed the original set voyage to london Captain Nutting. Captain Nutting, yeah. So he was like, fuck this dead body, let's go to London, take the timber, let's go. Um, so the ship ended up colliding with fishing equipment in Maine, and then after leaving London, they ended up running into, like, another brig, which is, like, a, like, a, was it just, like, a sailing vessel mm-hmm. um, in the English Channel, and they actually sunk it. So they hit the same boat, boat like and fucking sunk it, but they didn't, they didn't sink, like, the Mary, um, Celeste. Oh, okay, they, they, sunk, they sunk the other boat. They sunk, yeah, the other Jesus. boat. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's, it's on a fucking journey right now
1: this is this is us in boat form yeah. <laughs> just, absolute just an absolute disaster <laughs> um
0: so it ended up going through some like quiet years where no one died like i think um and they didn't sink any sh- anyone else's ship or their ship um, but it did go through some captains and in october of 1867 um the ship which was still called the amazon at the time was driven ashore during a storm and was badly damaged the owners at the time just abandoned the ship and on october 15th the ship was taken by alexander mcbean in nova scotia (laughs) oh of nova scotia mcbean mcbean
1: these are some great names in this one i know
0: like i just i want to be the person that like comes up with last names it'd be fucking hilarious Um, like you know the people that come up with like paint chip names i want that job
1: yeah that's a cool job or nail polishes yeah it just make something ridiculous because you could come up with any bullshit and they'll be like brilliant
0: yeah <laughs>
1: like we just painted our
0: guest room and the the color is called sailcloth like what the fuck does what that the even fuck mean is sailcloth i don't know
1: wait is it like the cloth that's like on the sail you know what i mean like I'm... literally the sail yeah, but this it doesn't look
0: cu- like that color so i don't know stupid like, right i'm like i'm that stupid let me name those stuff <laughs> let me have that job so that's totally off topic but that's my my dream job uh, uh, so alexander ended up sale or uh, selling the shipwreck to a businessman within a month of owning it and then it was again sold to Richard W. Haynes in November of 1868. Richard was from New York and spent a pretty penny restoring the ship. He registered the ship in December of 1868 with the Collector of Customs in New York and made himself the new captain. And he named the, new, the ship Mary uh, Celeste. So now, again, the ship went through a few more owners doing due, due to, like, debt collectors and other shit, but it eventually ended up in the hands of Captain Benjamin Briggs, and now we're up to date because we have no idea where the fuck Benjamin, his family, and his crew are. <laughs> so that's the brief history of this ship. Um, so I'm going to jump into some of the theories. So one of the theories is that there was, like, some crazed mutiny. So now when the ship was first looked over, there was marks that were found on there was marks found what they thought could be caused by like an axe and then there was like some weird stains so they're like hmm suspicious um the earlier investigation i mentioned with the attorney general thought that maybe the crew got drunk on the alcohol um that the ship was transporting because yo imagine (laughs) because apparently there was like seven barrels that had actually like were pretty much empty so, of, like, the 1,700 barrels, there were yeah. seven of them that were empty. So, they like, if, if they drank, they drank seven, seven barrels? fucking barrels, they'd be dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> be even no... if it was, like, not denatured. Denatured? Is that the word? Denatured? Yeah. I'm yeah. not the scientist here. Um, even if it was, like, regular alcohol, like... You wouldn't be swinging an axe, <laughs> that's for sure. Especially on a boat. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um. So, what he thought is the crew got drunk on the alcohol, that the ship was, um that the ship was transporting and then they killed everyone else on board and took the lifeboat and dipped however the stains that they thought were blood weren't actually blood and the axe marks were actually just like the ship's like wear and tear so they saw like a cut in the wood like oh axe marks must be an axe <laughs> it must be an axe <laughs> this is why you just like don't be so quick to assume i feel like that's yeah. like our police department these days oh axe. <laughs> 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 fuck um and again, like the alcohol on board isn't like alcohol you can consume. Like, you would literally fucking die if it's industrial yeah. grade alcohol. You'd be dead.
1: Yeah, you can't drink that shit. <laughs> no.
0: I also just don't like this theory because, like, why would they just kill everyone a dip? Like, not taking anything? Like, they didn't take any of the alcohol and to sell. The, like, like, they
1: just threw them overboard? Like, yeah.
0: Like, if, if you're on a ship, like, sailing and to stole Italy. <laughs> and you like i'm gonna steal this lifeboat but i'm not gonna take any of the food with me and go into open sea or like
1: anyone's belongings or anything yeah no this is a shitty theory yeah i (laughs) don't
0: like that theory but they did investigate it because they were like yo this could be a thing but it, it was not a thing um so there is a theory surrounding just like general like criminal tomfoolery at first maybe they suspected pirates um they would, like, have got on board, killed the crew, but didn't take any of the cargo because they were fair, terrible fucking pirates. I don't know. I don't agree <laughs> with that theory, so that's why I didn't no, talk No, I don't about agree it. with it either. Um, another idea behind this, which I can see being a theory and um, investigated because it does make sense on why this would be a theory. Um... People think that the, the De Grotta crew had something to do with the crew's disappearance. So this is the ship that actually found the Mary mm-hmm. like floating abandoned. Some people suggest that the De, De crew had actually attacked the Mary Celeste crew, killed them, pretending to, and then like pretended to have found the ship abandoned so they could sail um, the ship and get money for the salvage. Yeah. which that m- makes sense. Makes sense. Um, like, it's a good theory, but there is, like... And there's, like, there's evidence of when their ship departed and, like, when the Marys departed, and the timelines don't add up. Yeah. So, they would have, like, they were eight technically, like, eight days behind them.
1: So, they wouldn't, like, schedule-wise their story of just stumbling upon it works? Yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. But, Damn like... facts. I can understand why that would be a theory, because it makes sense. Because they're like, yeah. we found this ship with all this alcohol. Fuck the people. Like, we don't know where they are. Maybe they... C- had like i don't know a moment and they just had to go ashore somewhere and come back and they just left their boat there and they didn't have any paper to write notes i don't know wait they're all just like stranded on an island somewhere yeah. now they're like in the middle of the sea just being like where the fuck is our boat like, maybe they actually drank the alcohol and they're just like where the fuck's our boat now like, yeah where that's gotta it? be it yeah um so people also think that this was like there was an inside job where captain briggs and his family faked it and they got like the the degata crew to like take the ship in to get money but like that doesn't make sense to me because wouldn't like the captain just take the ship himself and get like the full amount of money yeah rather than one sixth of the money
1: yeah that doesn't make sense it doesn't
0: make sense to me unless it was like an insurance thing
1: it's always an insurance thing.
0: Always. So it had an
1: air bubble, but it's always an insurance always thing. Always an insurance thing. <laughs>
0: um, there is theories surrounding like the, just the sea and like a natural disaster. So the ship had they like the ship had been hit um, by a water spout. Like that's like the sea tornado. That's what this theory is. Okay. Um, so the crew would have abandoned the ship if, in that scenario and like took the lifeboat. Um, and unfortunately it would have ended up costing them their lives but i feel like there would have been more damage to the ship in that instance yeah. like there was water found in the bottom of the ship but i don't think it was enough for well, them feel to like be like let's dip the
1: ship i don't know much about water spouts i've only recently <laughs> discovered them to tell you the truth um but it, it, does it do like the same sort of wind speed as like a tornado tornado because i feel like that rips up like floorboards and stuff yeah you, know you would I mean? think so yeah nah i don't like
0: that one yeah no, next. That one <laughs> next on the list no that's all i have no i'm totally kidding i have more oh
1: <laughs> <I was laughs> another, like, <shit. laughs>
0: another water theory is like the kraken um i didn't divulge into too much of this because the ship was one intact um and the kraken yeah. would have caused way too much fucking damage yeah. for that um everyone, it's still fun
1: to talk about
0: yeah everyone just needs to remember that when this ship was found abandoned the the crew that found it were still able to sail it to gibraltar so it was still very much working condition which makes it weird because why the fuck did these people just vanish that's what's so mind-blowing about it yeah um so the most popular theory and one that's like kind of like the solid theory onto what actually happened
1: yeah
0: um it's alcohol explosion so the theory is that the um the noxious alcohol alcoholic fumes had escaped from the barrels either there was like bad weather and turbulence or like the barrels just like sucked it up because like it's like porous barrels yeah um but like the fumes would have caused a smell and or either like a small explosion making the captain and crew thinking their ship was about to explode so, they may have taken the lifeboat as an escape to try to save their lives, thinking their boat was going to blow up. Mm-hmm. Um, people think that they may have even, like, just tied a rope and attached the lifeboat to the Mary Celeste. Um, okay. So, just as, like, a temporary escape plan. Yeah. Um, just to, like, kind of, like, bob behind the ship just to, until they thought maybe it was safe. Um, but, like, the rope may have come, like, detached and then they were stuck at sea, which definitely, obviously, would have killed them. Yeah. Um and especially if that's like a temporary plan like if you're just like let's get into this boat because we might blow up so let's like temporarily like sail behind it it would explain kind of explain why the food and the water and the crew's personal items were still on the ship yeah it's like immediate panic like we have no time to grab that shit let's go like a
1: fire drill
0: yeah exactly yeah um so people say that the captain would like never order his crew to just abandon a perfectly fit ship um Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah. And the ship was fine, it, as I said, it, sh- it sailed to Gibraltar. So where the fuck did the crew end up? Why was the lifeboat gone? It's just this crazy ass fucking mystery. That yeah. To this day, has not been solved.
1: They have no and idea. No, no remains found. No. No nothing. remains
0: found. The lifeboat hasn't been found. The only theory is that the alcohol,
1: and that's it. That that last one you shared seems the most plausible. Believable? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, as always, something spooky must have happened.
0: Yeah. Um, but people also believe alien abduction. So
1: this crew that... That's was like, what I first thought.
0: Yeah, like, beamed up, and, like, that's why they haven't been found. Forgot to add that, but, like...
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. that that would explain it, because there's no trace.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I, I feel like that last theory is the most believable, but, like, it's still so suspicious. Yeah. I don't know, man.
0: It's just... It's crazy, but, like, after all of this happened, so... Uh, people got like their one six money and whatever. It did sail for a bit longer. Um, the Mary Celeste got new owners and a new captain. And in 1879, the ship was rep- reported off the island of Saint Helena, where it was called um, for medical attention for Eager Tutil, which who was the captain. Uh, he was um, he was like really ill and actually ended up dying on this island because they didn't get to him that quick. Um, so this is the third captain to die from the ship like the way, ship be- is
1: cursed. <laughs> way before the time
0: that's exactly it so people are questioning was this ship actually cursed yeah so in it's 18- gotta be yeah in 1885 gilman c parker the then captain um deliberately ran the mary celeste into a reef which ripped out the bottom of the boat he basically did this for like a fraudulent insurance claim which didn't work um <laughs> yeah but the wreck has not been found and it currently is somewhere in some reef at some point um it was believed um a group had actually found it in 2001 but they tested the wood and like did other sciencey shit and it ended up <laughs> not, not matching or something but that so they don't have the ship so that's even crazier yeah so the ship's not a th- like they can't find it it's in a reef somewhere. And no one knows where it is and no one still knows where Benjamin is. I'm convinced is. it's like a
1: cursed ship. Like you know the black pearl? Yeah. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting. It's like a ghost ship. And so if we're going with this curse thing, here's my new theory. at fifth theory I've come up with. Um like a deal with the devil type deal, like yeah. maybe the, the captain of the ship who was on it at like when they all went missing did something, was involved in this curse or something, and then boom they're all gone yeah you know what i mean like and what a perfect
0: way to take them in the middle
1: of the fucking ocean yeah like uh maybe something about like i don't know something like if you succeed in this journey i will grant you wealth and all that stuff and then he like fucked up halfway through and then whoever made the curse was like aha fuck you and then just like killed all the crew yeah that's my theory i like that theory (laughs) boom we're adding another theory to i the always list. want to try even when they make sense that they're not spooky i'm like no no no! it must be spooky yeah it always <laughs> has to be spooky but i honestly think that boat the ship someone's gonna yell at me for calling it a boat i'm
0: sorry um uh, ship was actually cursed because there's just it so sounds much like it
1: that happened the first yeah the first captain
0: died <laughs>
1: On yeah the shit. first
0: voyage yeah
1: nah something's
0: off i don't trust it yeah and then this crew has never been found that lifeboat has never been found
1: no bodies, no nothing. No. The
0: ship obviously was in working perfect condition, considering they sailed it to Gibraltar. So there's no yeah. reason why
1: they needed to get off the boat. So my vote is at curse or aliens. That's that's my vote.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do cursed because I feel like
1: it's always aliens. We it's always, always aliens. <laughs> aliens. <laughs> Maybe it's water aliens. I that's my favorite theory. Water aliens. Water Man, aliens. They exist, you guys. I'm telling you. Yeah. Look up a blobfish. <laughs> we think like these aliens are like little green men no they're the fucking blob they're fish. the blob fish or fucking uh what are they called the something ray or something the ones with like the lights oh on the yeah, front of yeah. the, the bioluminescence and those crazy little teeth that's another thing fucking bioluminescence shit glows down there excuse me is that not alien like to you excuse
0: <laughs> me excuse you sir
1: where's is your dad we gotta ask your dad's name. Do, do you think there's like ocean aliens dad
0: yeah us no dad we need to know Is is there ocean aliens? He's gonna call
1: you, be like, "Holly's so stupid."
0: He's no, he's gonna fucking agree with you. You know he's going to.
1: Oh, I love that. (coughs) I'm just choking. It's fine.
0: It's just she's just so excited. Uh,
1: But but yeah, yeah. man, that was fun. Another good one.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of like drifted away a little bit from like haunted places. (laughs) Drifted like. Oh my god! I didn't even fucking do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and i'm sober you guys wow
1: (laughs) (laughs) she's just naturally this funny yeah um yeah that was fun that was a good week
0: we hope you guys liked it yeah if you want to come talk about this crazy cult and how to kick this guy's ass with me while he's in jail Um come hang out with us on Instagram. It's a spooky hour podcast. You can find us on Twitter at spooky hour and you can almost almost um yeah, you can almost email us. You can almost email almost us. Here. You can't actually complete it, but. but you never know. It's the spooky hour podcast, six 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 at gmail dot com.
1: Send us your spooky tales. We're still waiting. Yeah. Crickets. I always forget about those and I haven't checked the emails, so I love you. Oops. So we very well could have some and we're just really bad at our jobs. Yes. Um And if anyone has tried this drinking game, uh, I did a survey the other day and I have to go through the archives because I've been so busy at work that I didn't fucking look at the results of the survey. (laughs) So if you did the drinking game, let us know. Let us know if you ended up getting your stomach pumped. We're curious. If you want to Um, add to it. Oh my gosh. Should we say a safety warning here too? Just don't die so we don't get sued. Please. Please
0: drink responsibly
1: and make sure you're of
0: legal age
1: in whatever state
0: or country you live in.
1: Yeah, don't sue us. We don't have lawyers. (laughs) And that's it. Have a lovely week, everyone. Yeah. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. Bye.